0: The eucalyptus fiber upper adds next level breathability to keep you going all day. Plus, the superlight tree runner is comfortable and ready to go right out of the box. So, what can you do in a superlight shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit allbirds.com and use code Super Twenty Four for a free pair of socks with a purchase of forty eight dollars or more. That's allbirds.com code Super Twenty Four.
2: to the Smarcanish podcast for
3: independent minds.
4: Can I begin by buttoning up something from yesterday? In the second hour of the program, I had the co-author of a book called The Great D-Churching. Jim Davis is his name. He's a teaching pastor in Orlando. And we were having a conversation about the thesis of his book which is that we're right now in the midst of the largest and fastest religious shift in U.S. history with 40 million adult Americans having left the church, most of that having occurred in the last 25 years. The date is pretty clear that that's taking place. The reasons for it, a little bit less clear. But in any event, when thinking about religion, when talking about some of the God questions, I said yesterday, and I've made this reference before, that... One of the interviews that I've conducted over the many years that I've been doing this that most stands out in my mind was with Vincent Bugliosi, the Charles Manson prosecutor and author of many best-selling books, including this one. And what was so unique about the book that he wrote called Divinity of Doubt is that he approached the subject matter as a trial lawyer and tried to answer the God question, coming at it as theist, atheist and agnostic. And then I, I lamented that we hadn't released it as a book club podcast when, in fact, Dan corrected me, we have. It's episode 249. We put it out in our social media yesterday, and it really stands the test of time. It is really, really terrific. So uh, if you want a guaranteed 20 good minutes, go for a walk, workout, whatever, look that up. A lot of good offerings In fact, another that I'm going to reference in in just a moment. Uh, Yesterday, the poll question of the day was this. To instill more fairness and equity in admissions, should the nation's most prestigious universities dramatically expand their enrollment? We had 17,593 who cast ballot. And in the end, it was 51 to 49. The yeses carried the day, although just by a, a whisker, meaning Yes, in a bid to instill more fairness and equity in admissions, the nation's most prestigious universities ought to dramatically expand their enrollment. I noticed something yesterday, which is that Scott Galloway, the NYU professor from the Stern School of Business, was my guest like 10 minutes into the program. And many people, several thousand people, had already voted on that question before they heard his pitch. You know, that is his view. So I'm doing this from memory, but I'm pretty secure in my recollection. The vote was like 60-40 of no to yes, and then people heard Galloway out, and it leveled the playing surface, which was really interesting. Scott Galloway, coincidentally, factors into today's poll question and today's conversation. If you missed his appearance here yesterday, you can watch it on my YouTube channel, He was a great guest and it was a far ranging conversation. Just like what do we do post Supreme Court of the United States removing or striking down race based admissions? And of course, the response from some is if there aren't going to be race based admissions, then what we most need to do is get rid of legacy admissions. Scott Galloway comes at it in a a different way and says, hey, the most iconic brands in the world are not Apple and Google. They are Harvard and Yale and Stanford and MIT, and why aren't we sharing what he called the miracle cure? You know, why don't we expand the tent? They can all afford to do so without uh, diminishing the the value of that education. So why can't more be walking around with a degree from Harvard? That was the whole premise of what he was offering. I said to him uh, that that's going to perhaps then impact the second tier of schools, universities, and it's a complicated subject. But it was a great, great conversation. Anyway, he factors into where I want to go right now because I noticed something. I'm always taking a look at, you know, what's playing in newspapers all across the country, not only what's on the front page, but what's creating the greatest buzz. Yesterday in the afternoon through last night and early this morning, The hottest story at the Washington Post, the number one red item at the Washington Post had nothing to do with the weather across the nation. It had nothing to do with the president in Lithuania or U.K. before then. It had nothing to do with Donald Trump. It had nothing to do with whether Sweden gets into NATO, a subject, by the way, that I'll visit with Admiral James Stavridis in the second hour of the program. Instead, the hottest item at the Washington Post was written by Christine Emba. And the headline on what Christine wrote was this. Men are lost. Here's a map out of the wilderness. I'll give you a taste before I welcome her. She wrote, because men still dominate leadership positions in government and corporations, many assume they're doing fine and bristle at male complaint. After all, all 45 U.S. presidents have been male, and men still make up more than two-thirds of Congress. A 2020 analysis of the S&P 500 found that there were more CEOs named Michael or James than there were female CEOs, period. Women are still dealing with historical discrimination and centuries of male domination that haven't been fully accounted for or rectified, Are we really worrying that men feel a little emasculated because their female classmates are doing well? And then she says, but millions of men lack access to that kind of power and success. And downstream, cut loose from a stable identity as patriarchs deserving of respect, they feel demoralized and adrift. The data show it. But so does the general mood. Men find themselves lonely, depressed, anxious,
0: And directionless.
3: This is the Smirconish Podcast from Sirius XM.
0: Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the new Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. That means more comfort and less baggage. Experience how Allbirds is redefining comfort.
4: Quick math, the less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service Processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move, so do the math and see how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a -a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to netsuite.com slash smirconish, netsuite.com slash smirconish, netsuite.com slash smirconish.
3: Listen to Michael live, weekdays on POTUS. Serious XM Channel 124 and on the SXM app.
4: I'm asking the following today as the poll question at com. It's an agree or disagree. It's time for politicians to focus on the unique problems faced by men as a group. This is Christine Emba from the Washington Post. Hey Christine, thank you so much for your willingness to come back. Hey, of course.
5: Thanks for I having should... me. I always love I... chatting.
4: I should mention you were last here in connection with a great book that you wrote, which was called Rethinking Sex, a Provocation. It's still available as uh, a book club podcast of mine, Our Conversation. What I remember most about the book was it kind of turned on its head the, uh, the whole idea of consent. So anyway, I love your work and I appreciate you being here. With this new piece, which I just told the audience was number one at the Post yesterday afternoon, last night, this morning, are you surprised by the reaction? Why did you strike such a chord?
5: You know, I'm I'm a little bit surprised by the reaction, only because, you know, it's it feels really great to have somebody, have so many people reading this piece. But I'm also not that surprised. You know, I write in the beginning of the piece that the statistics around men falling behind this sort of sense of lostness and disorientation are undeniable. And you see this and hear this from all corners, right? I mean, just last week, there was this uh, uproar about Kiki Palmer's um, boyfriend complaining about the clothes that she was wearing, about the movie star Jonah Hill sort of whining that his girlfriend was too successful Lots of people are worried about men, and I think a lot of people were just waiting for somebody to sort of say this out loud so that they could finally talk about it. So it is resonating with them.
4: You begin this way. I started noticing it a few years ago. Men, especially young men, were getting weird further along. I could see a bit of curdling in some of the men around me, too. They struggled to relate to women. They didn't have enough friends. They lacked long-term goals. Some guys, including ones I once knew, just quietly disappeared, subsumed into video games and porn, or sucked into the all-right and the web of misogynistic communities known as the Manosphere. I have to say, although I've had these conversations myself here on radio and a little bit on TV, including with Scott Galloway, like you're the first... In a, in a legacy or mainstream media publication that I've seen to really address this full on?
5: Yeah, you know, and I find that really unfortunate, but I actually write in the piece that I think I understand why. Um, you know, because the, the sort of conversation about men, what we should do about men, what a man looks like, has been so taken over by, frankly, right-wing extremists in many cases, it almost feels too dangerous for mainstream writers to touch, you know, like if they actually acknowledge that, oh, okay, maybe men are a specific group that actually does need help. They'll immediately be lumped in with Andrew Tate, say, um, and all of these people who have, you know, ulterior motives and kind of bad reasoning for speaking up about men. And they just kind of don't, they're afraid to be associated with that, I think. Um, And so it just doesn't seem to come up in more progressive spaces. But in the piece, I argue that that's a really big problem because then they're seeding the whole discussion to people who are using it for bad ends.
4: Are we talking about white men, black men, or both?
5: You know, honestly, I think we're talking about men of all races and classes, uh, but especially young men. I think that this problem sort of manifests Differently in different spaces, in different class groups, in different races. But I interviewed and talked to a lot of men for this piece, and there's, you know, actually a video embedded in the piece of just me kind of going around DC, yep. talking yeah, great. to men of different ages and races. It was really fun. It was kind of like a little safari. Um, well, there but there is a there is a. Beat.
4: There is a big political implication to this, and there's there's kind of a chicken and egg factor here. As I look at it, I I don't want to portray it only as a conservative politics thing because I don't think that's what it is, and I also don't think that it's only you know younger white men. So I'm glad that you say that you two agree that it's all men. But is it that that MAGA movement filled the void for these men, or did these men sort of give rise to the MAGA movement? And maybe it doesn't even matter, but. A lot of it's intertwined, it seems, with with Trump and where he's taken the country.
5: Yeah, I think you're exactly right. It's describing it as a chicken-egg situation. Um, I think that there was a lot of roiling discontent um, and a feeling of lostness with men in the country, especially actually after the Me Too movement, which, you know, I wrote about in this book, Um, and Trump presented himself as sort of an er male figure and in some cases because it felt like there weren't really other role models around, a lot of men thrilled to that. And then um, sort of Trumpist and right-wing groups became kind of a place for putting forward these visions of masculinity that, you know, they were something, even if they were clearly not something very good. But, yeah, this does have political up- implications, especially, you know, for young men and for progressives. One of the things that I found really interesting in thinking about this question is seeing how this is playing out politically in future voters and new voters. We're seeing young men swing to the right. They're more likely to vote Republican, more likely to be conservative, while young women are becoming really strongly progressive. And we're seeing men and young men especially also pushing back on what we're seeing as sort of modern or progressive givens less than 50 percent of gen z men agree that feminism has been good for america that's a pretty startling statistic
4: this is christine emba from the washington post she has what is right now the hottest piece at the post and it's all about the decline of men christine When I looked last night, there were 6,000 and growing comments appended to your piece. I wanted to see what was the most popular. You'll find this of interest uh, unless you already know it. It is a comment from an individual who says, I don't know a single man who has these problems. I don't have these problems myself. Is everyone else living in an early Woody Allen movie? I don't worry about my masculinity. I'm just an adult. My kids are doing great. I don't worry about them. My wife's career. On and on and on it goes. Stop worrying, he says, about celebrities and the Kardashians and the housewives of wherever, The Bachelor and all this other dumb A crud. Get off your phones and your colossally stupid SM and get down to living with consciousness. To a person who says, like, what are you talking about? Where are these men and what exactly are they suffering from? You would say what?
5: <laughs> um, you know, if he doesn't have any problems, uh, congratulations to him, I guess. But to a person who says there are actually no problems, I would just ask him to look around. You know, he talks about you know, getting off the Internet. But look on the Internet where we're seeing so many reports of young men being radicalized by the sadness of their masculinity that they're going out and killing people. If you look at politics, you see young men organizing into groups like the Proud Boys and marching on the Capitol because they need friends and they only find inspiration in this radicalized place. If you talk to young men today who are confused in the classroom because all of their female friends seem to be doing so much better than them and they don't really understand where they sit with all the changes in gender and feminism and the rise of the LGBTQ movement, maybe you should ask them what's going on. Is this driven by the fact that care about what they're experiencing?
4: Is this driven by the fact that meanwhile women are crushing it? You know, if you look at the educational data and you cite this in your piece, I, I remember years ago with my wife being at, at one of our children's graduations, not from college but but from high school, it could have even been in a middle school environment. And academically, when they were awarding all the top prizes, it's like we noticed that like every one of the top prizes in a school that had an equal number of, of young men and young women were being won by the women. And now you look at what's going on relative to college admissions. Women are outpacing men. And frankly, and you address this, women no longer need men and marriage for advancement surely all of this is connected right that as women are doing better we're talking about heterosexual potential couples they don't need the guys the way that they used to you know what's been the impact on romance and marriage i guess is my question
5: yeah no i think i think that's a huge part of it um, you mentioned you know when we started talking that i had published my book rethinking sex um last year and i spoke to a lot of women about sort of the current dating market but I also talked to a lot of men, too, and I think, you know, just researching for that book also helped generate some of the ideas in this piece. And you're exactly right. Women are are really successful professionally now and educationally, and this has kind of turned longstanding social and romantic norms on their head. You know, it used to be the case for hundreds, thousands of years that men were expected to play the role of sort of a provider, a protector, even a procreator. And they were looked up to for that, or at least valued in that way. Now, if women are able to provide for themselves, protect themselves, you know, even procreate themselves with reproductive technology, where are men supposed to fit in here? What are they even for at this point? And to be clear, I think it's great that women have you know, been able to come so far. Um, Women really used to be the sex that was left behind. But when the ground sort of suddenly shifts from underneath everybody, of course, there's some some confusion and some dismay.
4: So I'm not holding my breath waiting for politicians to look at this issue and decide we've got to do something for men. I think it would be uh, politically they'd be fearful of doing it. But I do think based on Some of the things that you raise in your piece and beyond, you can make a case here that there's there's an almost LGBTQ plus type need for recognizing the requirements of men to be able to give men some of the tools that they're now lacking uh, to be able to be successful and compete. You get the final word, but but sum up your thinking on that.
5: I think that's actually correct. And I am. I suspect that braver politicians might begin to find a way to say something about this. You know, I spoke to a a democratic strategist in this piece who's worked for several presidents in the past. Um, and he actually asked to remain anonymous because this feels like such a touchy subject, but he said that, you know, even in presidential speeches, there is an interest in this problem. Um, people still do sort of want to point out like, oh, you know, an example, say, we can talk about the father trying to provide for his family. But in many cases, there's a small but kind of loud coalition of advocates who see the idea of focusing on men as, you know, offensive to their ideas of gender equality, to their idea of inclusivity, even though Obviously, we should want to include men in society, too, I think. But when you look at the now 9,000 comments on this piece, the response from, yes, women, too, including the mothers of sons, the wives of husbands, people who have, frankly, male friends and want them to have good lives. You see that there's actually a call for some interest in this. Oh, and for sure. Oh, my God. A politician will pick this up and run with it. Right. It's not,
4: look, it's not exactly a slow news cycle and you're leading it and you're leading it with, with a, you know, a a provocative piece that nobody else is thinking about. Well, thank you for writing it. And thank you for your willingness to come by and discuss it. I really appreciate it. Absolutely.
5: Thank you for having me.
4: Christine Emba's piece is at the top of smirkandish.com right now. It was in this morning's newsletter as well. One more paragraph, if I may, in 2018, The American Psychological Association released its guidelines for psychological practice with boys and men, which it described in a news release as declaring that traditional masculinity marked by stoicism, competitiveness, dominance and aggression is on the whole harmful. The guidelines suggested that, quote, there is a particular constellation of standards that have held sway over large segments of the population, including anti-femininity, achievement, eschewal of the appearance of weakness and adventure, risk and violence, and that these standards are damaging to mental and physical health. Conservatives raged, progressives mainly shrugged.
3: This is the Smirconish podcast from Sirius XM. Spring?
2: That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24.
4: Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a -a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash Smirconish. NetSuite.com slash Smirconish. NetSuite.com slash Smirconish.
3: Listen to Michael live weekdays on POTUS, Sirius XM channel 124 and on the SXM app.
4: Deshaun, you're in Springfield, Illinois. Go ahead and react to what you heard from Christine Emba.
6: Yes, I agree with her. Um, I mean, I've seen these groups. I've watched these groups, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook. Um, it's really, it's, what the other guy said is kind of true, but it's also it's just the fact that men, they, they talk about like the pay gap and stuff like that, but men are positive tax, and that's what we see. We see that we pay more taxes. Women take more taxes for school and everything, so it's like the government has become women's and I know I'm going to be shamed and whatever, mocked for this. That's just how it is. But how it's seen is is that men are being used. We're getting all of our money snatched by the government. Women are taking advantage of all those situations. And so the government has replaced the men. So men are like, okay, well, where is our place? They're like, well, your place is nowhere because a woman can just go to another rich guy. You know, like Andrew Tate, they talk about this. They go, you didn't earn that yacht. That rich old man earned that yacht. You you got on there because you just looked good, and then as you become as women become older, it's like men are just like, "Where's my place? You want me to earn all this, but then I can lose it all, just in life." Yeah, but I it's don't like think Andrew. Like I don't the- think
4: I don't think Andrew Tate is the real world. I think the the, the real world is is not some celebrity uh, who becomes a sugar daddy. I think the real world now is that more women are graduating from colleges than men. There there are, there are Uh, outperforming men in the workplace and guys are being left behind i don't know where the the line about who's paying taxes come from i I think that's all belied by the by the data greg you're in minneapolis quickly what did you most want to say
7: hey michael i thought this was an isolated thing because my son thinks this way and i couldn't understand why a few months ago my nephew his friends all in their early 20s they're 22 moved into my house And they all have the same mentality. They feel disparaged. They feel betrayed. And I think, you know, I don't understand why. I think it starts in high school with them and their social circles. And then they get fit into this uh, culture like people like Andrew Tate that just fit in this unrealistic expectations and messianistic idealisms. And it's just fuels it up, and they become more isolated. Um, and these are all good guys that, you know, my nephew's friends, my nephew and my son, they're not like far right. They're like, you know, liberal Democrats, and they right. still fall into this category. So, right. but, just but they, but the they end
0: up,
4: but I think many end up gravitating toward because I think, I don't want to make it all about Trump because it's not. If there weren't Trump, there would still be this issue. Um, but I think that they tend to gravitate more to the right than they do to the left because they're they they feel like they're they're being heard on the right and not on the left. Same observation that I have about MAGA generally when people yearn for a day when we're beyond Trump. Trump could be out of the picture, but what gave rise to Trump is still going to be with us, and we got to deal with it. And this is a component of it, I think. Chris, you're in Center, Texas. Quickly with a response. Uh,
8: my. My child is 22 years old, and a lot of your callers have, have said that. I've been impressed with that. And I think that he's very much um, aware of this trend about, the, I don't know, anti-man or whatever. And I I was like the person that Miss Emba talked about, the, that, that or I, actually you, I think, addressed uh, to her, what are you talking about? I, I was not aware of this attitude, but... I think the reason that he is so aware of it is that he at age 22, he's not in the job market yet. He's doing fine in school, but his focus on reality comes from Twitter and, and those kinds of social media influences. And those are pretty extreme. You can actually go there and find people say men aren't important. You know, there it's very blatant. In in other words, in other words, you
4: were originally, you were like the, the, the top commenter who said i I don't know a single person like the ones you're describing and then you had the opportunity to witness it firsthand
8: exactly got
4: it yeah Yeah. well i think i think there i'll bet chris i'll bet and thank you for your phone call i'll bet there are a lot of people listening to this who are like what 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 are we what are we talking about jackson norfolk virginia you most wanted to say what
8: yeah i think the reason the disillusionment started is because the myth that men are all-powerful and great, that has been promoted by every major religion for thousands of years, often violently. That myth is coming, crumbling down, and uh, we're in the transition period, but even the Southern Baptists, who just removed all of their women pastors from their churches, still don't get it. We're not taken that bullcrap story you fed us for thousands of years i'm sorry it's disillusioning but it's reality
4: you're tying together yesterday's uh, conversation about about why in the last 25 years have 40 million adults left the church loosely described steve you're in north wildwood new jersey you most wanted to say what
8: uh, good morning michael love the show uh wanted to add a couple of things to your uh conversation this morning hopefully they're helpful one is uh, you were talking about this uh, gender transformation, which, you know, I've been sort of an advocate for for many, many years. It's actually, in my opinion, I'm an older white male. Nice to see um, women finally being recognized for their skills and their um, and their talents. Uh, as it relates to education, I'm in the education uh, business. Uh, one of the advantages that, and I'm generalizing here, that women have over men is the way that the education – Uh, system is structured. It's more conducive to their learning style. And therefore, you mentioned about your own children, you see the advantages uh, and successes that women have both at the elementary and secondary education. I'm in the post-secondary education, so I get to see it firsthand. And um, uh, our research shows that uh, by the end of this decade, uh, probably 60% of college attendees will be women. And uh, I'll stop there. I'd love to hear your comments. Well,
4: I just think it's going to. Uh, thanks for backing up with data. What, what I was saying in, intuitively, I think it's gonna it's gonna uh, accentuate, progress, cause worse. If that's the proper way, all these issues that we're talking about. Renee, San Francisco, you most wanted to say what?
6: Michael, I've, I've been saying it for years. Uh, I, I
8: noticed it years ago with with the damn Super Bowl commercials. The dumbing down of men. It's making men look dumb and stupid. The biggest culprit actually was Budweiser, with all their dumb commercials just making us look like Neanderthals all the time. That's I, I noticed it. and Just watch television ads; it's all over the place.
4: Yeah, I don't know that it's just the ads. By the way, uh, I've thought the same thing. I think the depiction of men generally now now we sound like the you know the He-Man women haters club. I hope not, but I think it's I think it's true that they're in many a sitcom like the guys are dopes.
2: The Smirconish Podcast for independent minds.
3: Listen to Michael Smirconish live. Weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon east on Sirius XM's FOTUS Channel 124 or anytime on the SXM app.
2: Connect with Michael on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and at
6: Smirconish.com.
0: Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Albert styles. Meet the Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. So, what can you do in a super light shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And, because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot code SUPER24.
1: BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast.